0: friends. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Fort Worth Roots. This is a podcast for Fort Worthians who love our city and want stories from our community's creators. Do you love Fort Worth? Do you want to know what's happening in your backyard? Then this podcast was made for you. If this is your first time checking out the show, know that we interview people from all over the community. The parameters are as long as they are creating something and making our community what it is that we enjoy, what we love, what we appreciate about Fort Worth and and the DFW area. But all of our guests, whether it's the announcer at the Cowtown Coliseum for the last 25 years, an author that we really appreciate, someone working on an indie film project, a local entrepreneur, or even one of the many artists that we've had on the show, you can find them on our social media. On Facebook is probably the most up-to-date and active page that we have. We are on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook uh, and YouTube under Fort Worth Roots. But to keep up with all of our musicians and all of our guests that have been on the show, uh, our Facebook page, Fort Worth Roots uh, Podcast Facebook page. Whenever somebody has a show coming up or a a new single to release or anything that they have going on professionally, we put it on that page so that you can see it. On the weekends, whenever Morgan and I are out traveling through Fort Worth, we'll pull up the Fort Worth Roots Podcast uh, Facebook page just to see what's going on. Because there might be something that slipped my mind or I'm just not remembering off the top of my head. This weekend was a really good example of that. I think it was Friday. We were out having uh, an early dinner and I just pulled up the page to see where our friends were playing at. And it turned out that Carrie and Paul Smith, from the band Late to the Station, were playing at Kung Fu Saloon right down the street. So we just popped in there real quick, sat with them for about an hour, had a drink, listened to some great music, and got to see our friends. So if you haven't already done it, check us out on social media, whichever one you uh, you like to use. I know not everybody's into Facebook, not everybody's into TikTok, but whichever one you're using, find us on that, and uh, we'll try to keep you up to date with what's going on with the Fort Worth Roots Podcast, as well as our guests that have been on the show shout out to our friends at squad stx boys camping all boys ages 11 through 16 100 outdoor overnight camping hiking wilderness skills land navigation laser tag missions this is awesome they do it down there next to uh, glen rose and dinosaur valley it's supposed to be an alternative to boy scouts here's their mission statement squad stx is an overnight primitive camping hiking orienteering laser tag course for boys designed by the u.s army infantry officers as an alternative to boy scouts and traditional summer camp we developed Strong leadership skills through squad competitions, time test military training methodologies, and situational training exercises. Now, these guys are not sponsors. This is just something that we did, an initiative we took. We had this block of time at the front end of the episode. I said, why don't we reach out to some veteran businesses uh, in our area and see if they'd like us to talk about them? And Dustin from Squad STX Boys Camping was the first one to get back to me. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Don't say, I'll do it later because you won't. You'll forget. Do it now. SquadSTX.com. oaks spring Fest car show saturday april 30th uh held at the beautiful camp carter address on that is 6200 sand springs road fort worth texas River Oaks if you don't know where River Oaks is it is uh, right next door to the military base JRB Carswell easy to find anyway I'll have the address in the show notes so you can find it and uh, you can find them on Facebook too they have a Facebook page River Oaks Springfest car show they're gonna have vendors and a pop-up market games and events uh, benefiting the friends of the River Oaks animal shelter and YMCA Camp Carter this is a free event you don't have to pay a dime it's gonna be awesome Our guest today is a film producer, an author, a man of many talents. He spent 20 years teaching right here in Fort Worth and recorded with the Fort Worth Roots Podcast to talk about his books and and just to hang out and introduce himself to our our listeners. This was a really cool experience for me because I picked up, or rather I was given two of his books, uh, got to read all the way through one and started a second. And then I got a chance to sit down with the author and ask him questions and talk about the books. And that was just a really cool experience. And from now on, that's what I've, I've got to do. I've got to read the books before I sit down with these authors so that I can talk to them about these books. So the first book that I picked up by our guest today is called Fort Worth's Rock and Roll Roots. And this this picks up in the early 60s. This is kind of what that book's about. In 1964, Ed Sullivan introduced the Beatles to America. Across the country, teens were glued to their TV sets and witnessed a turning point in rock and roll history. Vibrant and creative teen scenes sprang up all across the country. The scene in Fort Worth, Texas produced an exceptional burst of creativity in songwriting, musicianship. Weekend concerts and battles of the bands drew thousands of fans. Primitive teen recordings were pressed into 45s and received radio airplay in rotation with national acts. Local television shows featured live bands. Fashions changed with go-go girls skirts growing shorter. Long hair became the style for women and men, and the seeds of the counterculture were planted and flourished. The music of this generation birthed every rock subgenre for the next 40 years. Acid rock, heavy metal, punk, new wave, grunge. And today's musicians still reach back to these recordings for inspiration. This book... is is told through the lens of Fort Worth and there is actually a ton of connections. Our rock and roll roots right here in Fort Worth and the DFW uh, area, but this isn't just a history book. It talks about bands that were were formed in in garages around here. I mean some of these people are still in our community today and it's just really interesting to see history told through through this special lens. that we can all relate to here in the Fort Worth area. He cites a lot of different uh, kind of historical establishments that uh, were here in the Fort Worth area. Bars and clubs and things like that had a national influence. So anyway, just a really great book. I hope you get a chance to read it. Uh, I'm going to put try to put a link in the show notes. I think those Amazon links are just really ridiculously long, but I'll put it in there anyway. But you can always just go onto Amazon, type in Fort Worth's Rock and Roll Roots, and find our guest book. Uh, An incredible read. I really do highly suggest this for anybody in the Fort Worth area. Uh, Of course, you don't have to be in Fort Worth to enjoy this book, but it is going to be far more relevant if uh, you're a Fort Worthian. Some really badass pictures in here, too. Um, Me being uh, ADD like I am, I I like a book with some good pictures in it. Anyway, this one's got it. Some really cool stuff. Second book I picked up by our, our guest today is called We're for Smoke. Outlaws and Outliers of Panther City. This is a totally different book than uh, Fort Worth's Rock and Roll Roots. You know, that's a that's a really fun, laid-back uh, adventure into uh, uh, rock and roll. So, obviously, that one's fun and upbeat, and this one's a little more serious. It's also the the history of uh, Fort Worth. This book starts off crazy as hell. Like, it, it just throws you right into a, a pretty dark situation. Uh, but it's a good reminder that you know, Fort Worth had to grow into what it is today. It wasn't always this uh, clean, safe environment uh, as as many large uh, industrial cities like Fort Worth were not um, back whenever this... The story takes place, and our author and guest explains uh, the name of the book, uh, what that meant. But "We're for Smoke" was on the flag, the, the the original Fort Worth flag, in in the in the early days, in the early 1900s. So, uh, anyway, you'll you'll be interested to hear what what that means. It's it's not actually covered in the book, but uh, now that you're listening to uh, to the author talk about this book, you're gonna have a special insight to this story this was an equally enjoyable uh book we're for smoke is also something you need to pick up and i'll again put the link in there and if it doesn't work just go to amazon i've been we're for smoke a great way to support our our guest today but also just a a really great read Uh, these are two books fort worth rock and roll roots and we're for smoke are definitely two books that you're going to want to add to your collection and since i'm thinking about this another shout out to our two patrons that are currently contributing to the show. Thank y'all so much for supporting Fort Worth Roots, Angela Walker and Justin Matenta. When we've got people that enjoy the show so much and uh, they, they believe in our mission at Fort Worth Roots to the point where they want to make a financial contribution, it is, a, it is the most sincere compliment. So thank you to our, our two patrons. And also a big thank you to you. Every single time you download even one of these episodes or stream it off your favorite podcast platform or listen to it on YouTube, you're making Fort Worth Roots uh, podcast stronger every time. So thank you for that. Uh, Thank y'all for being here and streaming this episode. All right, that's enough out of me. Let's give it up for our guest today, a pillar of the Fort Worth community, incredible storyteller, Mark A. Nobles. Thank y'all for being here. Let's start the show. First of all, thank you for doing this with me. I've been excited to, to sit down and record with you since I met you, and then I dove into your books, and and, and then it became a, a necessity.
1: Well, I, I appreciate you having me. This is the first podcast I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an old guy, so this new technology, I'm always excited. It's like, this is this is cool. Let's see what we're
0: doing. We're at the uh, uh, Roofing Solutions by Darren Hoke, uh, Hauk. I always have trouble with his last name. <laughs> Everybody but does. It's, it's Hauk, right? Hauk. Okay. Mm-hmm and uh so this is my second time recording in here last time you were running out the door though you had somewhere to be so i, was. I wasn't able to talk you into a recording that day nope i think i was going uh to dallas oh, I was telling okay. you before yeah.
1: that, that my girlfriend's over there and so i think i was heading out early that day
0: yeah um, so let's start with uh, a little bit of back history on you. you you're from the area. You, you grew up here in Fort Worth. Yeah, well, um, I was born here. Mm-hmm. I,
1: in, in my writer's bio, it says I was born a block off of Jacksboro Highway, which okay. is infamous. And I was. I was born about a block and a half off of Jacksboro Highway in a clinic over here. Actually, technically, I guess in Lake Worth. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, Fort Worth has always been, it's, it's my home. I was raised to be because my dad was in the Navy, okay, so I kind of grew up from birth, like my I was less than a year old, and we were in Ethiopia, oh wow, for two or three years, and then I grew up all over the country, mm-hmm. and so it was it was instilled in me that even if we were living in California. Or Maryland, you're you're a Texan, yeah. <laughs> you know, and we came home
0: all the time, and so
1: yeah. I, I and I've been back in the area since I was 13, so okay. since '73. Yeah, we back.
0: And were you in the River Oaks area when you came back?
1: No, um, one side of my family's kind of from Azle and mm-hmm. out in there, and mm-hmm. my other side at the time they lived in Alvarado. Okay, and my mom, bless her heart, you know, she didn't want me living in Fort Worth in the city dangerous there was danger and drugs and gangs <laughs> and
0: so She wasn't wrong was she
1: Well no well she was she made a slight miscalculation because when we first got back we were living in Alvarado but there's no work out there so she was driving into Fort Worth all the time Oh my god so we moved to Crowley uh-huh. which is pretty close Yeah and uh, I didn't have the heart to tell her that there were drugs in Fort Worth and they came to Crowley and out there to buy them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we just kept that to ourselves. Oh, right, right. But I've been in the area pretty much ever since. I flunked yeah. out of half a dozen colleges <laughs> before I finally graduated. Um, so in, an, in and about and around. Yeah. And so you uh, what did you do
0: for, for work in the early years?
1: Um, Man, anything really. Uh, Right after, I thought I wanted to be uh, a teacher mm-hmm. and so I went back after I got my my bachelor's and got my certificate, but then I found out that the public schools were. Not, I did not want to do that right. And so I just kind of bummed around. I was a, a, a manager at Walmart for a few years. I worked at color tile for people that have grown up here. you know know the color tile business that they they're long gone now. Um, but then I did actually go into teaching. I spent 20 years teaching in a small, real small, private high school here in fort worth called west academy and those were some of the 20 of the best years of my life i I love those people i love those kids um that's been long enough now that it's 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 cool but it's weird because those kids they're always 16 and 17 in my head right and i run into (laughs) them you know at the albertsons and they're 40 and i'm Uh like you can't be 40 i'm 40 yeah
0: but i i'm not and they're not it's just Uh, yeah Yeah. well the first time i experienced that uh one of my buddies his uh niece uh was i think 12 years old the last time i'd seen her and i went off joined the army did a bunch of stuff came back to my hometown and and whenever i i came over to his house i knocked on the door and some woman opened the door and i went uh who are you (laughs) she said her name and i was like no, 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 that's not right. It <laughs> doesn't be. add up. No. <laughs> no, yeah, you're 12. Well, when did you start writing? Was that I'm, while you were an I, I, I
1: was writing as soon as I could hold a pencil. Yeah. Um, stories have always fascinated me. And then when I found out that, you know, anybody could do it, I was like, well, that sounds cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been writing stories of some sort, um, you know, really almost as long as I can remember. Yeah. Um, and I love, uh, I love making things up. You know, I will do, you can ask my friends, I will do almost anything if I think, A, it won't kill me, and B, I can get a story to talk about, to tell later. Yeah. So it's like,
0: heck yeah. Let's do you know, sounds good to me. Give me a good example. What, oh, what no. have you done just to get a story out of No,
1: well um in college <laughs> we hopped a train one time and then it got to going too fast and we, it, we I was going to college at that point in Sherman and um Now what did you do? You just jumped fine. on the side
0: and yeah. rode on the mm-hmm. side of it?
1: What well, no, we got into kind of a car and <laughs> then it was going slow and then it was, was not going slow and it was cold. <laughs> and Girlfriends weren't too happy when we Oh, you brought women with you too. No, 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 no. But we jumped (laughs) off and we were already in Dallas. And so we had to call them back in Sherman at whatever, three in the morning. Oh my God. How long were y'all on
0: the train? Oh, I don't know.
1: (laughs) There were other things involved that kind of bent time. So This this sounds like a hell of a story though. It is a hell of a story. (laughs) It's it's a great story. And like I say, I mean, and it was, you know, not all of it was fun at the time, but it's cool to talk about later. Yeah. You know, yeah. I survived it.
0: Yeah. The, the things we do when we're, when we're kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, um the first book I cracked into was Fort Worth's Rock and Roll Roots. hmm And uh I think I read this entire thing in one setting. Um I I couldn't put it down. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> um that was such a fun project and that's
1: really a spin off book. Um For the Image of America? Well, yeah. That's that's a series, right? That's a series. I mean, there's a bunch about... They Mm -hmm. do local history books. Right. Um, But I was... um, I produced a documentary called Tina Gogo. That's right. And Melissa Kirkendall, um, who's a legend in Fort Worth in the music industry anyway. She was a club owner and has done all... She's in the... Uh, fort worth weekly has a like a music hall of fame she's Mm -hmm. in the music their hall of fame
0: now how do we get to this documentary because you you and darren were telling me about it and i haven't i I haven't tried to look it up yet but where can we find it it's on you can buy it on amazon you
1: can you can search it on i've got a copy up for free that you can just watch on youtube okay just google tina gogo i will tell people that when you just google tina gogo you need to be careful oh god because you know other things come up as well (laughs) (laughs) that are not maybe family friendly. Yeah, Um, But Tina Gogo, and the the full title is um, a little story about rock and roll history. Uh Um, So there was an article in the paper, in the Sunday paper, when we had a real Sunday, when we had a real newspaper in Fort Worth, um, about these two guys, two local guys had spent like 15 years um, searching out and researching and tracking down All these people that had recorded songs from like 64 to 68 Uh and the record series is called um oh my gosh i just went blank that's okay i'll come back to that but anyway there's there's a great set of cds or records you can get them either way um and they had researched and and met a lot of these people tracked them down they had gathered photographs they had found the old 45s a lot of them were original some of them were covers um and in when the beatles went on Ed Sullivan in February of I think 63 it just changed everything i mean people went berserk yeah. and every stinking teenager in america went out and went to sears a lot of them went to sears and bought these old silver silver tone amps and cheap guitars and drum sets this was the first time like before like elvis it had been elvis or sinatra it had been one person Mm -hmm. had become an icon in in the music industry. This was the first time a band that wrote their own original songs Mm -hmm. had come over and just captured the world, really, but here in the United States. And so there were literally hundreds of thousands of these garage bands, and that's where the garage band term came from. Um, after the 50s and the, the boomers, you know, everybody was moving to the suburbs. So these kids come home and they want to form their own band. Well, mama does not want them in the living room. <laughs> mama right. wants them out in the garage. Yeah. So they became garage bands. Yeah. Um, but a lot of these people and, and a whole industry sprang up around that thing. There were Tina Go that's where the name of the film comes from, that were just for teenagers. Um, and they, the biggest one in Fort Worth they held over in the cattle barns, I think, over in at Will Rogers. Uh-huh. And on Saturday nights, they were drawing like 1,500 to 2,000 teenagers to these yeah. things. And they had Battle of the Bands. Um, these kids, these bands were, like I say, the Beatles were their inspiration, so they weren't just playing covers. They were writing their own tunes. And then they would record them and come out with a 45. And I talked to these guys, and they said, you know, it was just crazy that you know, Monday through Friday, they're a sophomore at, you know, Western Hills or Arlington Heights. They're just a little dweeb running around the school, nobody paying any attention to them. But on Friday and Saturday nights, they were playing these Tina Gokos. And it was just like the Beatles. There were girls screaming and throwing (laughs) things at them. And, you know, there were hundreds, if not, you know, over a thousand people listening to them. And the radio industry was completely different back then it they weren't corporations right so each radio station had their top 10 and it's just really funny i mean there's pictures in the book and in in the film of you know kfjz's top 10 and it'd be Beatles, stones and larry and the blue notes yeah who were five kids from you know Halton or i can't remember where larry where they were from but you know so they're uh, you know their, their records being played on the air um, they're playing to packed houses all over the place it was just an entire scene and they had these two guys had gathered up over 70 recordings and so I went I read the article I thought the whole thing was just fascinating I had never heard of it before right. and they were doing a release party for the oh it's, the records are called Fort Worth Teen Scene yeah I'm glad I remembered that <laughs> and you can find them everywhere I highly encourage getting this three sets there's like 73 or 74 songs and they are all killer that i nice. have been playing those cds in my car and one time a friend of mine who's a kinks nut we're riding around and i'm playing and it's a local you know it's a local band and he's like i thought i'd heard every kink song that was ever released what what is that i'm like that ain't the kinks you know that's whatever it's the elite you know, from Fort Worth in yeah. 1966 or whatever. Right. The music was just phenomenal, and when they released it, they had like 20 of these guys come to a record store here in Fort Worth. It's now gone, and you know they had a little release party for them. So I just went and sat there just to see them and see meet these guys. Mm-hmm. And at first, it was just a bunch of old guys, and they were just kind of sitting there. And yeah, it was fun and blah blah blah. And then there's a local guy named john Nitzsinger, look him up sometime he
0: john Nitzsinger,
1: johnny Nitzsinger. okay mm-hmm. he um he was he, he went on most of these guys just played in high school maybe in college and then they went on to their lives right but, but a lot of them went on and made entire careers and got big time mm-hmm. johnny at one point had you know he had a record deal with columbia or capital or somebody i mean he played that was his life mm-hmm. um he's phenomenal and he's he's a character I mean, he's what you think of when you think about rock and roll star, you know? (laughs) And so they were kind of just talking and telling stories, and it was pretty low-key. And somebody, this guy named Roger, told a story about a battle of the band or something. And Johnny just looked over and and he called BS. He's like, that's not happening. That's bull. (laughs) And Roger just looked back at him and said, oh, because they were in the two biggest bands at the time. Um, And Johnny was in the Barons, and Roger was in a band called the Elite. And they were always, you know, fighting it out to win these prizes at, at the Battle of the Bands and, and stuff. And so Roger was like, oh, nuh uh. And, and then it's like their eyes rolled up in the back of their heads. <laughs> they were all 17 again. <laughs> <laughs> and they just started going at it good naturedly. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody was friends. It was, everybody was, they, they just, they started having fun. And they weren't, they went off stage. They were just themselves all of a sudden. And then everybody else jumped in. And I was like, that, that there's a film those yeah. guys are good they can do this and I bought the, I hadn't heard one song so I bought the CDs introduced myself to everybody told them what I was trying to do to put together this film and then I went out and got in my car and I didn't ha- I got I got uh, I didn't have a CD player in my car at that time and I'm just driving home going please don't let this music suck please don't let this music <laughs> suck and I got home and I put them in and what came out of the speakers I was just like I was dancing I was like Tom Cruise and you know back in the I was just dancing around the house going I've, I've got a winner here and so
0: I'm gonna have to look that up yeah because as I was reading your uh Morgan walked into the house and I was sitting there with your book in my hand and I was playing music. And she goes, I don't know how the hell you can listen to music and read a book at the same time. Well, the music is kind of about the book. The book's kind of about the music. So yeah, it, it ties in yeah I, I was trying to set the scene for myself <laughs> so i said alexa play music from the you know 1968 and she mm-hmm. playing billboards from yeah. 1968 <laughs> and uh so i you know i had the volume down low or whatever but uh thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this i can't tell you how much um one thing that i thought was fascinating right from the word go at the beginning of the book the uh the history is contextual like it it matters what's going on around you and that's how you frame the beginning of this book. This is what was going on in the country, and this is kind of where everybody's headspace was at, and uh, that that contributed greatly to the the match that struck the kindling. Mm-hmm. The situation was just right. People needed a relief from the looming uh, nuclear threat from Russia, which yeah. is funny that we're talking about that now and yep, with yep. recent events. Yeah, but it was, <laughs> it, yeah it, it, Kennedy had just been assassinated right down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, there were several things going on that just kind of made it the, the, the right time and the right place for the Beatles to show up and steal everybody's attention.
1: Well, and, and, and that is exactly correct. And, and you can see that theme all throughout. I, I just recently, last year, finished writing the script for a documentary that should be out this spring or summer called The Birth and History of Western Swing. Uh-huh. And it was locally produced again. And um, it, it, it turned out really really well i've seen i've seen the cut so far and um i was asked i was talking to the guy about writing the script for it and i knew a little bit about western swing it wasn't uh-huh. you know completely in in my wheelhouse but i'm a fort worth guy so i know a little bit about all kinds of fort worth history right and uh crystal springs was just down the street here in river oaks and that's where the 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 doughboys the texas doughboys got their start Um uh, they were working for advertising for burris mills they were on had a local radio show on wbap and then they'd play these dances out here at crystal springs
0: and, and what was crystal springs
1: <clears throat> it started out it was actually a gravel pit and the guy was digging the gravel out okay. and every time he dig it it would fill up with with crystals clear water oh okay and that's not good for the gravel industry <laughs> you know so he's like what am i going to do here and so he just dug out a pool and he had a crystal springs you know burker's lake is just down the street here too in river okay, Oaks. but those so are two separate things right? two separate okay. things crystal springs is really more off of 183 just down the street here um on the edge of, of river oaks so he just dug it out and had the springs and would have people come out and they'd picnic and and swim and and then he built a pavilion and a stage and started having bands out and he brought in the texas doughboys and it just, it just took off. And these guys talk about, I mean, the, the main thing about Western swing is it is pure dance music. It's not, you know, there's no politics. There's no protests. <laughs> it's dance music. Yeah. And this is in the, at the beginning of the Depression and then going into World War II. And, and a, a lot of these guys in their interviews would talk about, it's like, that's, you know, life was hard everybody's broke yeah they're not sure how to feed themselves and and then there's a crazy man in europe and we you know something's fixing to go down and we just wanted to get up there and and take those cares away for two or three hours and you know nobody clapped like it's weird these guys would talk about it It would later on when they got big and they would play more like concert things they weren't used to that they didn't you know why are you why aren't y'all dancing you know yeah. um so they but that was all about getting people to dance and have fun um they were having fun and so i mean you know you're you're exactly right a lot of the great things come out of you know weirder bad yeah circumstances but
0: you had I mean, anytime you look at history and both of these books are all about history um you're not getting the full story unless you take into account right the context yeah what, what's going on that's definitely so I'm so know. glad that you started the book off that way yeah so um, Fort Worth Rock and Roll Roots and the documentary I'm going to try to look that up on YouTube and include uh, a link in the show notes for this episode um, so going from that book yeah <laughs> into it We're for Smoke yeah. um it, it was uh, like like hitting the gas you know yeah it's a, it the, 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 yeah. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> yeah. That is for sure. Yeah, and I at the the very beginning, of the, the the company that you published through even had a, a little bit of a warning at the very front. Um, I, I won't read it off, but there there is a warning in here from the publisher uh, at TCU. What is it? TCU, TCU Press. Right, and uh, they just wanted to make sure people knew that hey, there's some there's a little bit of language in here, but. It matters, You know, it's, it's part of the story. Right. It's part of our history. Right. And uh, I thought that was really important that, uh, you know, you, you can't take away what happened by deleting history. You, you can't just uh, whitewash everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, I was reading out loud so that Morgan could hear some of what was in your book. And she said, that, some of those words are kind of hard uh, to pronounce. And I said, well, it's, you know, he's using slang from that time. And so they're they're foreign words to me, but that's that's why you hear me tripping up on it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she wasn't making fun of my literacy. She, <laughs> right. She yeah. was identifying that there were some words in there that mm-hmm. she didn't know, and uh, that's that enriches the entire story. Um, you're, you're stepping back into a different time in, in history. One so, of the one of the most languages was different there.
1: Language and again, I mean, it's weird that you pick that up. Um, one of the most fun things about writing historical fiction is, I mean, I spend a lot of time, I mean, I've got all kinds of books at the house. I'm always looking for books. I'm on the internet looking for slang. And, you know, and I need slang from, you know, 1909. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you right, know? very
1: specific. Yeah, and so, and again, you're, you're putting things, it, it lends color to the book. Uh-huh. It lends an authenticity to it. I think it makes it fun. You know, anytime you hear a new word, when I taught high school, You always get, as a teacher, why do I have to learn this? This is not going to help me. And the way I would answer that for them is the more you know, the more knowledge and information you have, the richer your life is going to be. Right. And the example I give, and I think it's the perfect example, is, you know, everybody's seen The Simpsons. Mr. Burns, the joke about Mr. Burns is he's old, you know, he's over 100 years old, and he, he talks funny anyway, and he uses a lot of these slang terms. But one of the funny things he does, if you know, is whenever he answers the phone, he says, ahoy. He doesn't say, <laughs> Hello. He says, ahoy. Yeah. And so I went and looked that up because the people that write The Simpsons, yeah, The Simpsons is whatever and is Cordian Cowabunga Man, but those people aren't dumb. Right. You know, they're educated. They're smart. They got there because they know what they're doing. Right. And so I found out the word hello mm-hmm. was actually invented for the phone. Really? So if you see somebody, I feel like I've heard that before. Yeah, if you see in a movie the, from the Wild West or back, and somebody says "hello," that's that's <laughs> yeah, that's incorrect. And there was a big, you know, just like we're going through on the internet now. Nobody knows how to act on the internet, right? And that's causing. I'm not going to go there, right? But anytime you have a new technology, a new communication technology, you have to invent an etiquette. And so the phone was brand new, and I don't know why. I mean. Everybody apparently just said, ahoy, when they were talking to each other. I don't know why they needed us something new, but there were two factions, and one faction had this newfangled word, sort of like our LOL or whatever, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, in a hundred years, LOL is going to be a word. Yeah, I, I would bet my mortgage on it right now. Um, it will just be, be swallowed up by the language, and it, it won't be letters anymore. It'll be a word. Yeah. Um as common speak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so some somebody I don't know how they came up with hello and these other people were like "No, ahoy." And Alexander Graham Bell actually was an ahoy champion, but obviously we all know that ahoy lost. Yeah. And it's hello. <laughs> but so I would it's tell wild. them, I would tell them, you know, when I watched The Simpsons and Mr. Burns picked up the phone and goes "Ahoy," I know that's a joke. Yeah. And so I'm like, that it's a weird joke. Yeah. And you're reaching, you know, you're writing a joke that maybe out of your audience, you know, fifteen people out of millions are gonna get. But it's a joke. And, and, it's, and so, it's better
0: for them yeah, since they know
1: it. And it's better for me. I got an extra laugh out of that episode.
0: Yeah. So That's you know, awesome. We'll learn stuff. A very good example. Yeah. Very Thank solid you. example. Thank you. <laughs> uh so I'm at I'm at the part now I can, hopefully I didn't lose my bookmark. Let me find this guy's name. Tom Lee. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm in the middle of the the story in 1913, where a uh, African American uh, shoe polish. I got what's what's the term for Yeah, that? I guess shoe shine. Shoe shine. Yeah. Uh, kind of lost his ass in a, a gambling spree one night and decided he was gonna take charge of his life for the first time and uh, went on a shooting spree here in Fort Worth and um, it's v- something I had to pat you on the back about it. I I've never read a book that was put together like this, where you tell the story and then you show the examples. And before Tom Lee, uh, the sheriff, uh, uh, first name's Kid. I can't remember his last. Kid name. Yates. Kid Yates. The way you told that part of the story. Um, so Kid Yates, you you first you give your your version of the story or how you told the story, and then you have the version of what Kid Yates told uh, the jurors was his story and then you told the story how it was in the newspaper and so you get three versions of the same story and i <laughs> i don't know that was incredible because that really is what happens uh in the media or in life the there there's more than one story whenever Things start to develop or whatever, mm-hmm. so um that was incredible i would I'd really appreciated that Thanks. so Thanks. um but yeah our 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 boy here that goes on the shooting spree and uh that that was what I appreciate about these stories is that they happened here in our backyard, and it highlights what what this place was like in the you know early nineteen hundreds and uh where where we are today and how much better it's gotten. So, <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, but how, how, no matter how much things change, they
1: all stay the same. Um, right. One of the things that, that I picked for this, well, the reason I
0: wrote the book was I started out to write a book about Bessie Williams. Okay. Now, it was, is, okay. Bessie Williams and then there's a Bessie Yates. Yes. Okay. To, yeah. Bessie Williams is the girl that did earlier in the book. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I just couldn't pull it off. And so,
1: um, I had from other research I had all these other stories and things around. So I'm like how can I, you know, pull this off and make it something something different? And I was I was talking to um some archivists and historians and stuff and and, and different people. And this time period, everything in the book, well 95% of the things in the book take place between 1910 and 1919. And that was the second we were in the middle of the second industrial revolution. Okay? And so the whole country, that was the beginning of us as a country moving from an urban society, I mean, from a rural society to an urban society. People were moving to the city to get these jobs in these factories. Right. And again, like I was talking about with, with the phone and how technology affects everything, this technology, these in, you know, when industry started getting really, really big, um, it, just, it just threw everything topsy-turvy. And Fort Worth in particular was fighting through they were wanting to change their image from uh you know a wild and woolly wild west cowboys riding their horses shooting their six guns into saloons right to a modern
0: industrial safe place for a family yeah yeah yeah.
1: and then i was at the fort worth library and i saw the cover of the book features fort worth's first city flag
0: oh really yeah okay
1: so let me let me show you here um so this is 1912 is when this flag came out. And it's Weird for Smoke is their, is their tagline, which is where I got the title of the book. And if you look here right in the middle, this is an outline of the skyline of Fort Worth as it looked in 1912. Okay. And then at the top, it's just solid black. Showing the, uh, Air the industrial industry. Air industry. progress. It was progress back they then. Were, if your city was covered in soot, and smog you were getting stuff you up. were you were balling baby <laughs> yeah and so, so, so that's yeah. that's where it came from and that's where you know huh. every everybody in the book is fighting their own battle with how you know where they're kind of caught in society and how yeah. society's playing on them
0: now do you go into explaining that later in the book like i said i'm about halfway through um but talking about the 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 city flag and and the image depicted there do you go into detail about that in the oh, book again
1: i appreciate you bringing that up um
0: that would have been a nice thing for me to include in the <laughs> introduction well now they know and now they know <laughs> so no i did not um because i i was i was hoping that at some point there there would be some uh this is because it was such a it's such an interesting uh title and and so i thought for sure there'd be uh, yeah, you would think. But that's okay. That, now we know. And everybody listening <laughs> um, to the podcast knows it's, it's now. It's so. my first novel. Made a little mistake
1: there. Oh, should have man. explained it. Great, but, but yeah, great.
0: Yeah. That's where it comes well, from. Well, now I'll know something that other people don't know whenever they pick this up and read it. And I can say, well, you know. You know, here, right here. <laughs> that, that's wildly interesting, too. Because, I mean, changing of the times, you know, if uh, a city was to, you know, uh, take a picture and, and try to uh, play up. Their pollution—it would not be a positive at all. It Would be a not go harsh well. negative. <laughs> and but we're
1: we're still doing the same thing with you know oh we're trying to have these factories but burn cleaner now we're advertising you know we're burning we're doing it cleaner now uh-huh. and and so that and, and that's a good thing and I mean it's just it shows the pendulum going yeah. back and forth yeah. back and
0: forth. So we've got a third book on the table today. Yeah, and this, this one, one has your name on it too.
1: Yep. Yep, yep. This is called Metaphor in a Hat. It's a collection of short stories um, <laughs> from, I don't know, the, the short stories are from probably just a few months ago. It it just, well, it didn't just come out. I've, this book first came I self-published this one. Um, it's available on Amazon.
0: Okay. There'll, there'll be links in the show notes. Yeah.
1: And um, it's just short story. And these are my more regular kind of literary short stories. Uh-huh. Um, I write a lot of horror. I've got some horror, a horror collection hopefully coming out um, this summer or this fall. Okay. So these are the, most of these, some of them are a little weird and have a little magic in them and, and some horror.
0: So, but your your book here, Metaphor and a Hat, this is your most recent contribution? Yes. Yeah. Well, like I say, it came out a couple of years ago, but it was about half the size. Oh, okay.
1: So I just... Threw in all the newer stuff and redid it, and so okay. and it came out. So yeah, okay. it's
0: and so, this. This one's done. This it's finally big enough. Next one will be something different. So for for people looking this up, there's two versions of this book.
1: The the old version is gone. Okay, it should not be because like I say, I self published this. So if you buy it off of uh, Amazon or in any of the other places where you can can get books
0: they'll they'll print you out this one yeah now with these short stories here is this just a collaboration of stories you've you've written over the years
1: yeah a, a lot of them are um sort of autobiographical mm-hmm. um family stuff um you know i mean you pull from wherever you can pull right because you need yeah. you need stories uh, there's a story in here called mare island which is when i got my first kiss okay in the uh, 4th grade in in vallejo california and then, um, I don't know if I should say this on the on the air. A couple of these. There's a story in here called Caddy Corner House. Okay. I love Tom Waits. Tom Waits is, is one of my guys. Okay. And so I like to take some of his stories, some of his songs, and then I just make up a story. That's awesome. <laughs> using not really the story he's telling, but using some of the same verbiage. Uh-huh. Caddy, Corn- uh, Caddy Corner House is one of those um, sort of my homage to to tom tom whites a night in robert lee when i was a teenager um i was driving around out in west texas we were just getting out of fort worth uh-huh. and i was wearing uh an eric clapton t-shirt i had just seen him at tarrant county convention center maybe a few months before okay so i'm wearing this brand new eric clapton concert t-shirt and i go in to buy a six pack of beer and pay for the gas but he couldn't pay at the pump you know You right. had to go inside and pay and this oh this was just an adorable adorable young woman out in mule shoe uh-huh. or no out in Robert Lee uh, it was a tiny little just a grease spot out in West Texas and she looked at me and looked at my t-shirt and she's like do you do you work with Eric Clapton of course
0: you do of course I do <laughs>
1: <laughs> she asked if I was in the band <laughs> And I wasn't that brave, yeah. <laughs> but I told her I was a roadie, and they had just done it. We'd just done a show in Fort Worth, and we were heading out west blah <laughs> blah. And um, how yeah. that that evening mm-hmm. went. So I mean, a lot of them are biographical, and some of them are just just made up stories. Um, Chasing Nova is about a guy whose wife runs away from in, him, and a Nova, and in, in his prize nova and so he spins the whole story but he's not really well I don't anyway yeah he's chasing down the, his wife and the, and the nova um so it's just different things but they're they're mainly like i say they're not you know uh abdullah the butcher in, in gotham some of these have been published in other places some of them are brand new and only available here um I, I, there was a magazine that I really really wanted to get into. And uh-huh. I had sent them a couple of things and they had turned me down and turned me down. And they wanted they, they had a call out for for wrestling stories. They wanted wrestling stories. And I don't know anything about wrestling. Right. I did I, my grandfather was kind of into it. and I watched a little bit of it, but I never, you know, bit that hook. Yeah. Um, but I wanted it in this magazine, so I made up a story about a bunch of kids um, in the 60s cuz it, it was It was me still basically uh living out in alvarado and me and my mom we were kind of we stuck out like sore thumbs out in alvarado in that would have been 71 i guess Uh 72 because my mom was divorced and so you know you didn't do that stuff in the 60s and 70s and so we were kind of set apart from everybody else and there's a bunch of kids getting together and they're all going to play superheroes and they're all fighting over who's going to be Superman and Batman and Aquaman and all this stuff. And this one kid wants to be Abdullah the Butcher, who <laughs> was a big, rest, mean, he was a villain wrestler at that time. Okay. And they're like, he's not a superhero. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, watch this. And this kid just knows some wrestling moves and just kind of beats the crap out of some of the other kids <laughs> with the wrestling moves and you're like who's the superhero now <laughs> you so you know? took
0: the story submitted it to the magazine and, and got they, a
1: spot they got it they took it <laughs> yes they did yes they did so i got you know there's
0: there's more than one way to skin a cat yeah that's awesome <laughs> well i'm looking forward to, to diving into that one too but i've uh we're for smoke um with, with the amount of history and the obvious research that you, you put into this, it's just, it's a work of art.
1: I, I always want to say that,
0: that I
1: did do a lot of research on this, uh-huh. but um, I'm a, I'm a writer. I'm not a historian. Um, and, but luckily I, I have made friends with a lot of historians and I yeah. know a lot of the archivists in all the libraries around here. And um, so when you hang out in those places, like, I told you, you know, Bessie was the inspiration, was the first character I fell in love with in this book. I was at the downtown library years ago researching something else, and this woman, a librarian, came up to me with a little manila folder and said, Mark, I found this stuff. I've been working on it. I thought you would like it, and she gave it to me, and she collected all the newspaper stories about Bessie that are in the book, uh-huh. and I just started reading about this woman, and I was like, holy moly, this woman is is amazing. Yeah. And so, it, it you know, yes, I... I do research, but I don't do the dirty research. Oh, sure. You know, sure. they, they yeah. come to me and, and, and hand me, or
0: I'm like, hey, I want to know about this. And,
1: yeah. and they're like, I mean, they live for that stuff.
0: You well, know? and that's the thing. A historian is not going to put together a book like We're for Smoke. Right. So, something very easily digestible for somebody like me, you know, and enjoyable. A historian can't do that. Mark Noble can do that. Well, so thank you, thank you. not to take anything away. We got to tell our listeners a little bit about Bessie though cuz that that is a really powerful character that you put into the book. Um so she was uh 12 years old whenever she comes into the story. Somewhere as, in that as age. As best as I can tell. Yeah. And she was left on the streets of Fort Worth. Uh I can't remember what area, but it close to Hell's Half Acre. Yeah. 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 And just kind of left there to to starve to death. And back then, uh if if you didn't have somebody to take care of you at that age you would just starve to death mm-hmm. especially in that area of town mm-hmm. so she she becomes a lady of the night very quickly she gets picked up by somebody that sees her as uh, some a, a tool that can be used to make them more profit mm-hmm. and uh, I guess by the age of 17 she's been arrested multiple times and finds her, herself into the uh, is it the first county lockup here in Fort Worth? Um, I think that would have been the, probably the second version See, that's why
1: I'm not in here.
0: Yeah. But 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 I think that was the second jail. So the building has just fallen apart, and she's able to basically claw her way through the wall using a, a piece of metal out of a drain. Yeah. And she does this so many times consecutively that eventually the city is forced to build a new jailhouse cuz they can't keep her ass inside. Yeah. I mean, you know,
1: Bessie wasn't the, they needed a new jail, you know. So but but Bessie sort of She's the brought, catalyst. brought the attention to it, you know. Yeah. This woman there's one picture of her. It's not in the book it, cuz it's horrible. It's a it's a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy of a newspaper article but it's her standing on the steps of the courthouse uh-huh. and she's she can't be any bigger than a minute I mean she doesn't look like she's maybe 5'4 five, 5'5 five, five at most yeah. and you know back then everybody was you know they didn't have the fr- high you know fructose corn syrup that we get right everybody so, was a lot thinner everybody right? was a lot thinner so she couldn't have been 100 pounds yeah
0: and if you were broke like Bessie you were a lot thinner
1: yeah and so yeah she's she's either picking the locks or Literally digging the the stone out of the mortar and then dropping out and and uh, there's there's a quote in there I can just hear it in my head in one of the newspaper stories the reporter asked the the what the sheriff or the chief of police because she broke out of the Tarrant County Jail and this Fort Worth City Jail I think they kind of argued about who you know you take her <laughs> you take her no, I'm, <laughs> I'm not taking her um, but that you know how many times does this make that Bessie has broken out and his his reply is just we've quit counting and I can just hear his Old broken soul. The defeat. <laughs> we quit counting. Um, but yeah, I, and the, her backstory. I'll, I'll be honest here. Um, I made up the backstory because she was just a woman who broke out of jail a lot. But she yeah. was nobody, and there was no such thing as record keeping, right? And, right, and things of that nature. So she she just um, started appearing in the newspaper for you know breaking the out of the jail yeah. and got famous. So I made up. Uh-huh. Her backstory, yeah, um and then but then everything from when once she makes the paper, um you know that stuff is mostly true, the fights she got yeah. into and the problems she had, and the
0: issues that, that that came into her life, and it um well, you get to take those those liberties with the story because it's yours, um but the the way that you delivered bessie to the to the reader uh, mm-hmm. it certainly paints uh, the picture for Fort Worth on that time period, Hell's half acre. And just what a miserable, awful place it really was. Um, the The television show, um, 1883, that we've been watching, um, popularizes 1883 Fort Worth and, mm-hmm. and what it was like back then. And this was a rough-ass place. You oh, didn't come here unless you had to, I don't think. <laughs> and that's that's what, you know, in the, in your book, Fort Worth was trying to turn that around. Dallas was in the process of doing that too. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why they kicked Kid out of Dallas, because mm-hmm. Dallas was uh kid kid was in Dallas as a, I believe a sheriff right mm-hmm. and then he was involved in a murder and and he had to go cuz we don't need people like you giving us a bad rap yep and Fort Worth was right behind him trying to do the same thing cuz mm-hmm. we were in stiff competition with yeah. them trying Absolutely to, trying to build up our cities so but uh yeah I I, I can't wait to finish it and um uh, i am I'm gonna be looking for more books like this either by mark nobles or otherwise because this this was fascinating to me just the the amount of history in here and some of the stuff that they're uh citing in this book and in the rock and roll roots uh, oh, I know that place or oh I wonder if that's over by that one uh spot that I'm familiar with yeah, you know yeah through throughout uh, mm-hmm. page by page almost so yep. that's really cool because it's you're you're kind of since i'm familiar with fort worth i'm, I'm almost a character in the book kind of kind of feels connected to me so
1: and I, I do try and i will go and look up you know where they were and what mm-hmm. the streets and 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 put, and put that in even if it's not always in fort worth if any anytime that i'm writing um a piece set back uh in time i will go and you know that's the great thing about the internet these days is oh. you can go and pull up and look at the old maps and the streets what they were because some of the streets na- you know change oh yeah, yeah. and stuff so
0: and that, that's another big takeaway from both of these um, is, is the difference in how we record data I mean just talking about the 45s in uh, rock and roll roots and bands didn't just record their music they didn't have the money for it for, it, w- it was a very timely process uh, there was a lot of equipment involved with that so if you were recording anything on a forty five, then you had you had you're pretty well off. Yeah. Not not just every garage band uh could do that. Fort Worth has been really, really lucky
1: in uh especially in music. Um that, that there's been the music history in Fort Worth is just phenomenal. Yeah. It, it's 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 incredible and it goes all the way back from talking earlier about Western Swing, um a ton of great jazz musicians have come out of fort worth country rock and roll people and there was a, a character um major bill smith in uh-huh. the 60s and his first big hit was hey baby with bruce chanel um and then he also did hey paula um i don't know what he, his thing was with the <laughs> hey but anyway
0: hello he, was not around yet. yeah he, yeah right yeah.
1: <laughs> he um he would record anybody that he thought he could sell he would turn around and sell it to a big label yeah and, and so uh, we, we had more than our fair share of songs that were recorded. And they're, they're just, I firmly believe with all my heart that there is something in the water in Fort Worth that creates phenomenal musicians. And I've talked to, in different periods and in different genres, in talking with people in the Western Swing and country, which people will tell, don't ever say that Western swing is country. They're okay. different. You've been warned. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, people that were involved in the Western swing uh, music and in country music and in blues, Fort Worth has a great blues history. Um, and I, I've talked to people in different eras from the '70s, you know, '60s, '80s. That the one thing about Fort Worth that makes it different than other places is that the musicians in Fort Worth. If you were a musician, you were just a musician. And so it didn't matter if you were in a country band and you were hanging out with somebody in a blues band, they'd sit around and trade licks Uh and talk about the business. And so Fort Worth, it's a conglomerate. That's why I think part of the reason why Western Swing, which is a conglomeration of jazz and folk and country and uh tejana i mean all these different ethnicities and different genres of music blended together is because in fort worth it was just like hey that's how do you do that you right. know that's right. cool um and so the musicians here have always um interacted with each other across genres and it, it has made them all better and, uh, and and made us as listeners
0: yeah uh, well and to your point um episode uh, think 62 uh, singer-songwriter there's a, an event that was going on and was intended to go through the month of March uh, but unfortunately I guess there were some logistical issues and they had to cancel it but that's what they were doing you've got people uh, getting together and just musicians coming in from San Antonio, Denton, Dallas, all over the place, and meeting at a Central Place down there on 7th Street, Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what they're doing. And then by going there and interviewing some of these artists, um, they invited me out to these other singer-songwriter things that I had no idea were going on, but that's what they explained to me. uh, That's what they're doing. They're sitting around a campfire uh, at one of these bars and just picking away and trying different stuff stuff, and and trading ideas, and so... That's just fascinating to me, and I, uh, I, Fort Worth Roots was never supposed to be a, a music podcast, <laughs> but I, I found uh, kind of a cool group of, of people that are uh, more than happy to get on the mic and talk about their music, yeah. and, and where they came from and all that, and I'm happy to have them on. So, uh, but yeah, there is definitely that that's been kind of a central theme for you know the last thirty episodes that we've done on Fort Worth Roots is is the, uh, powerful a community of artists that we have here in the fort worth area it, it, and there it, might be something in the watermark. <laughs> it, it really is and, and I'm, I'm i'm happy because i've kind of I, I say i'm older i don't go
1: out and, and hit the scene much anymore but i'm glad that it's still going on because that is a long long tradition here in fort worth and and i was surprised to learn that it's not that way in a lot of other places
0: yeah you know um yeah if fort worth has something special going on and uh we're we're right at the cross intersection of creativity and a surplus of population yeah I think. I think uh you know you get as big as dallas things are moving too fast to to slow down to enjoy things like local music yeah but here it's it's kind of a and, and there was a thing in your book that really resonated with me talking about the rolling Stones showed up at the will rogers uh center or whatever mm-hmm. and uh they they had invited a, a local. It might have been the elites. Uh, I think it was. So they were supposed to have the elites, a local uh, Fort Worth band, join them, open up for the Rolling Stones. And at the end, uh, last minute, I guess the manager for the Rolling Stones said, "We don't want these local guys stealing our spotlight, so we're not going to have them outside canceled on it. Well, that night in uh, Fort Worth's rock and roll roots. Uh, they uh, so they the rock and, uh, the Rolling Stones. They go ahead. They move forward with it. Well, I guess everybody decided to go to a Tina Gogo or something else that night because the Rolling Stones sold 200 tickets and uh you know right down the street at another Tina Gogo there were 500 to a thousand people at a skating rink yeah
1: <laughs> watching yeah. the elites well, So <laughs> I mean yeah you, know, you have to understand that the we rock, like our local bands we did well <laughs> and that's just uh, there was no such thing really as a rock and roll as a as an industry at that point mm. everybody was making it up right and it wasn't uncommon for you know touring acts to have a local band be, and open to get a crowd to get their following in there mm-hmm. um so everybody was just kind of making it up as they went along um but but yeah it, it's funny but but a lot of these guys did you know they're they're 16 years old right and they're hanging out in the cattle barns with keith and mick mm-hmm. you know just drinking warm dr pepper and eating hot dogs and then going on stage and, and doing whatever they do you know everybody was just trying to to figure out what was going on back then yeah and it's it's weird um, yeah those stories are and 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 just you should watch the documentary i'm, I'm going to have to
0: yeah yeah and I, when i find it on youtube i'll uh, I'll add a link to the to the show notes so people can find it cuz these guys are storytellers and they've got some stories for sure oh, that's so awesome and our direct, i, I want to just
1: plug melissa again melissa kirkendall who directed this she she did all the interviews and she really got them uh to tell some great stories and uh w- is she a
0: fort worth uh resident
1: yeah now, not anymore she she's mainly down in austin okay uh right now working but she's she's still she's working in film she's directing she's producing she's doing all kinds of stuff so yeah. she's still out there working
0: well, i have to you should. To, she's she's in town every once in a while i will yeah. definitely put you in contact yeah. with her and, I, l- I love indie film uh makers and people working on projects like that we've had one group of indie filmmakers on and uh They were nice enough to give me a copy, a Blu-ray copy, Mm. of their uh, indie film. Uh, I'm going to forget the name of it. Uh, The Bob Zula. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bob Zula. You've never heard of it, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) But Now that I have, I need to see it. Well, I'll I'll let you borrow that Blu-ray. I want it back, though, Mark. Okay. I'm I'm not sure. (laughs) I don't have a Blu-ray player. Well, uh, I just got lucky. One of my DVD players had the Blu-ray option Mm. on it. But um, it's just incredible what people can do with... Just motivation, because some of these uh, filmmakers, and I'm sure you've had situations like this, where just coming up with the fund- funding to see your project through can be a real issue. Um, so to to see what you can do with just motivation is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's another thing that I'm really curious about is indie filmmaking uh, or projects or whatever you want right. to call it. Right. So it's it's a whole different animal, man. That's why I don't do film anymore.
1: <laughs> you spend most of your time really just walking around begging for money, and yeah. instead of being creative and making right. stuff, the and logistics so of yeah. it. With, with with a script, somebody has somebody else's job. I'll write your script if you got a, if you've already begged for money and can pay me for it, right? Or the books and novels. It's just me and my computer. And nobody's hounding me. As long as I can keep the electricity on, <laughs> that's
0: all you to need to fire it up. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um you you had mentioned I think earlier that there was another project that you're working on or a book outside of this one? Um maybe uh, maybe I'm, I misunderstood. I'm doing you. I'm doing I have two projects going
1: on right now, another historical fiction novel. Awesome. Um that I'm still in the middle of researching um and and gathering things i've, I've kind of started playing around with it i'm really really excited about the direction it's going but i want to kind of of i'm kind of keeping that close to the vest right now yeah oh yeah okay. but it's historical fiction um it'll be set and it's a little bit wider scope it'll be set throughout texas okay um and then i'm i'm ghosting a book for a musician uh one of these guys from the the 60s 50s 60s and 70s really mainly 60s and 70s mm-hmm. um he's living down in Lano now and this guy is a natural born storyteller i, I was going to mention him to you his name is burl wilkerson burl burl okay and he's oh my gosh he talk about i'll do that just cuz i might get a story Burl doesn't even he just does things or he did you know and and he's got a million stories and uh, so I'm working with him putting together his his biography Um, Burl will just tell you straight up that you know most of it happened (laughs) this way you know uh, makes a good story I mean he's a he's a singer songwriter you know he takes real things and real emotions and, and then makes something more beautiful out of it and uh, I've had such a great time getting to know him and meet him and we're we're plugging along on that book. I'm hoping to have it finished um maybe by the summer. Okay. Uh, well, let we'll, me know. We'll I'd be
0: very honored to have you back on the show and talk about the the, the new work and Absolutely. I appreciate it. So, um so I'm I'm going to put show links in there for the Amazon links. Do you have a website or anything you want people to kind of connect know,
1: with you on? I don't I don't have it. I'm, I mean, I'm on Facebook. It's just the, you know, I think it's uh Mark Noble's uh, oh. film and book page. Oh, I'm okay. a horrible marketer.
0: Well It's okay. Look at look well, me up on Facebook. It, it will and, be in the show notes. Them. It yeah. will definitely be yeah. in the show notes. And and thank you for these. Um, these these were fascinating, and I'm I'm looking forward to that that next uh, fictional historical book you're making. It's going to be a doozy. It's going to be great. Yeah. Morgan's going to take our picture. You got to come over here and, and take our picture. Okay. And I got I, I got it. Awesome. You Mark, you want to? I don't. You want to kind of hold that up? Yeah. Three, one, two, that's it. You did it. Okay. Oh, thank that, you. Well, my uh, my camera crapped out on me, so well, that's I'm that's now, gonna I was be. Thinking, I was like, oh, no, no, yeah, <laughs> I, I screwed that up. It's okay. So that picture will be on the video. Mark, thank you again Thank you And uh, anytime you want to be on Fort Worth Roots Or uh, you want to get together and just have a beer Let me know Terrific, I will take you up on it Fort Worth Roots, thank you all for listening And we will see you next week A huge thank you to Mark Nobles for being on the Fort Worth Roots Podcast. My friend, Mark, you are always welcome on the show. This was a sincere treat getting to uh, read these books and then sit down with the author and just kind of talk shop. That was so much fun. Uh, Looking forward to do it again. I have another book that he gave me while we were hanging out, Metaphor in a Hat, Volume One. Have not cracked into this, uh, but the first two books were just so incredible and the, the history that was in them. Uh, made it so much fun. I don't know if this one's gonna have much Fort Worth stuff in it. Doesn't look like it. Uh, but man, it's it's thick. This is gonna be good. Uh, Squad STX. Don't forget SquadSTX.com. Take your boys outside. Uh, it's gonna be a memory they'll never forget. My uh, brightest memories as a kid are hanging out with the folks. Uh, you know, state parks or camping trips. It's money well spent. Check it out. SquadSTX.com. River Oaks. SpringFest Car Show, April 30th. If you have not written this down on your calendar yet, you got to do it. Last episode, uh, I talked a little bit about, you know, there were some other details that were coming down the pipe uh, that I couldn't talk about yet, but I, I was aware of some stuff. Well, anyway, the uh, Oscar Mayer Wienermobile <laughs> is going to be at the show. And, uh, you know, if you have no other reason uh, to, to come to this thing, you know, show up just to see a giant hot dog on wheels, right? I don't... <laughs> anyway that's going to be cool so uh yeah come check that out Mm, what else that's it those are the notes right okay check us out hey if you haven't found us on social media yet go check us out uh i'm most active on uh, facebook and what we do on that uh fort worth roots facebook page is we share all the upcoming events and information for guests that have been on the show in the past and Uh, Just try to keep you up to date with with what they're doing, ins and outs of uh, all the activities in Fort Worth. Um, This weekend, uh, Friday, actually, me and Morgan, we were out getting dinner, uh, early dinner. And uh, we were over there off of 7th Street. I said, you know what, let me me check out the Fort Worth Roots uh, Facebook page and see what I'm forgetting. Who's down here? And right down the street, there's Carrie and Paul uh, from the band Late to the Station. They were playing at Kung Fu Saloon. Which is a pretty cool little place. If y'all ever go there, uh, get the hamburger egg rolls. I know that sounds weird, but they are delicious. Uh, anyway, uh, just, just all that to tell you. Just if you go on the Fort Worth Roots Facebook page, uh, it is a great uh, resource to just on on the fly uh, quickly figure out uh, what's going on in the area. You know, if you find yourself uh, needing something to do or wanting to go support local musicians or whatever. If it's happening and I'm aware of it, I'm going to share it on the Fort Worth Roots Facebook page. So we're also on TikTok and Instagram and all that. And uh, it, it seems like it's the easiest uh, on Facebook to share people's information. So that's where you can get that. Another shout out to our Patreons, Patreon Patreons, Angela Walker and Justin Matenta. Thank y'all for supporting the show uh, on Patreon. Uh, very, very appreciative of that. And, uh, it's the most sincere way for people to say uh, we support your show and we appreciate what you're doing. So it uh, gives me the warm fuzzies when people do that. Thank you so much. Um, that's it. That's it. What do we got next? Uh, next Monday is going to be with uh, uh, Tanya Hawk and uh, we're going to get into some good conversations about what she's uh, doing uh, professionally, taking care of kiddos, uh, getting them placed in foster homes and through an adoption agency, and I do not have all those notes in front of me, so um, make sure you check that out next Monday. That is a really good conversation. Morgan joins us and uh, uses her uh, academic prowess to ask the right questions. And <laughs> but uh, uh, let's see. Excuse me. Tanya's uh, organization is going to be at the uh, River Oaks spring fest car show and they're going to be talking about what they do there too. So anyway, just a good conversation. And there's also a lot of history involved with what, uh, Tanya does, uh, with, with Fort Worth. And I need to dig into that and I need to sit down with Tanya and really get into the history side of it because we didn't touch a lot on that, but there's a ton of history there. So, all right, I'm babbling again. Uh, I did actually have somebody tell me, um, couple weeks ago that they enjoy the babbles, which is, you know, that's positive reinforcement to a negative activity, I think. So <laughs> I didn't need that. But uh yeah. So we'll just keep with the babbles. I don't think I have anything else. Um that's genuinely that's what I'm doing when I babble. I'm like, I don't don't turn it off yet. You're forgetting something. But I think I got it all. I think I got all the notes. Go check out Mark A. Nobles. Go get these books. They belong on your bookshelf. These these are two that you need to have. They don't, they don't take up a ton of room either. I mean, they're, they're thin. Uh, We're for Smoke. Let's see how many pages this got in it. I, yeah, I keep them here in the studio. A hundred and... Nope, two hundred and... 201 pages. It's a thin book. Uh, easy read. Uh, shoot through it in a day, no problem. Uh, Fort Worth Roots. Rock and Roll... Oh, excuse me. Fort Worth rock and roll roots, is even thinner. It's got a hundred and see, hundred and twenty-seven pages in it. And these pictures are incredible. I mean, the, the book itself, the stories in it are great, but the uh, the pictures are really incredible too. Just you, you're just gonna have to see it to appreciate it. And there's a lot of history in here that has nothing to do with um, Fort uh, rock and roll, more just Fort Worth stuff. Um. This was something that kind of changed Amon... I, I always say it wrong. Amon G. Carter, uh, this gentleman, is now one of my uh, heroes uh, from from local history. Uh, I'll read this to you real quick. Amon G. Carter was one of Fort Worth's biggest benefactors and promoters. Arriving in Fort Worth in 1906, Carter published the Star-Telegram and used his pulpit to tout the town's attractions. He coined the city motto, Fort Worth... Uh, where the West begins and almost single-handedly talked Franklin Roosevelt into awarding Fort Worth the bomber plant that fueled the economy from World War II on and attracted other defense and technology businesses or business to the area. Carter epitomized the national perception of the Stetson-wearing, storytelling, hard-drinking Texan and was a nationally recognized businessman. Carter did not invent uh, the heated... Rivalry between Fort Worth and Dallas, but he certainly raised it to a new level by building Casa Mignana to upstage the Dallas Centennial celebration, and by always taking a sack lunch whenever he traveled to Dallas, so he would not have to spend any money there. <laughs> he he once participated in a ceremony at the county line between Tarrant and Dallas counties to officially bury the hatchet between. Uh, the two cities. Carter and other leaders from both Fort Worth and Dallas were each presented with two, uh, excuse me, with hatchets and shovels to bury them together. As the ceremony was finishing, it was mentioned to Carter that the handle of his hatchet was still sticking out of the ground. Carter replied uh, that he was well aware and that he might need his hatchet later. <laughs> uh, you know, so anyway, there, there's a ton of stuff like that just little stories like that throughout this book Fort Worth's uh, Rock and Roll Roots incredible read you gotta get it Uh, Amazon is the easiest way to get it and they're not expensive I'm not gonna quote the price off for you but they were uh, not expensive cheaper than uh, cheaper than the admission at a a theater to watch uh, one of them movies so anyway all right, that's it. This is like record-breaking babbling. Thank y'all so much for being here. Like I say all the time, every single time you stream, even one of these episodes, uh, it improves our analytics, which strengthens the show, and uh, you know these magical algorithms that these computer people, uh, pixel people, uh, make up to to decide what you're gonna see whenever you search for stuff, whenever you pull up our website, whenever you stream one of our episodes. It gets those little uh, algorithm monsters together and and lets them know that you're interested in this kind of stuff. So it'll push us up uh, in the rankings and make it easier for people to find us. So you genuinely are doing something uh, whenever you listen to the show. So thank you very, very much. I'm going to shut the hell up. Thank you for listening to the show, and I will see you next Monday with Tanya Houck. All right. Y'all have a good week. Love you. Bye.